Welcome to a new episode of the Immaculate Vibes Podcast. My name is James Grambo. I am joined by my host, co-host, Jose Montelion. And our two guests today are two well-known people from Mass Twitter. First guy is Kirk at Kirk Serious Face. Then we have Grant at Slingy1, or whatever his at is at right now. <laughs> I, I'll probably have it changed by the end of this episode. Glad to have you guys on today. Yeah, you, you have a melodious voice. This is, this is going to be nice. I can tell. <laughs> Thank you. So what are we doing today? So to start off with, Kirk, give me your top five without giving me the category. Oh. Top five Myers Leonard quotes. Go. <laughs> you're next, Grant, you're next. Oh, oh man. I mean... Let's top five. So so special K, cinnamon toast crunch. <laughs> uh then I love shredded wheat because I'm old. And man, I got list three more cereals. And see, I'm I, I can't even think of anything as top five because I'm just so like I'm so routinely boring. Oh, I'm no, Grant, you got to go first. This is wait. This is, so is cinnamon toast not number one? No, trash list. Uh, without give me the category, give me your top five. Who me? Uh, so number one would be Nimrod. Number two would be Kerplunk. Number three would be Dookie. Number four would be. Warning and number or no 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 number four would be Insomniac and number five would be American Idiot. Are these Green Day albums? Those good. are the top five Green Day albums. That's a good list. Yeah, Nimrod and Kerplunk swap one and two for me all the time. Though. I don't know. I can't really think of anything good because I'm just staring at a box of Cheez-Its right now, and I'm like reorganizing like the the range of Cheez-Its in my head, and I don't think I could pick them in the correct order. Uh, it doesn't matter because the only order is white cheddar is number one. Everything else is <laughs> that is what I'm looking at too. All right, Jose, what's your top five? Uh, Barry Bonds, Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa, Rafael Palmero, and Alex Rodriguez. Mm. Are top five steroids? <laughs> the greatest baseball players of all time. Oh. All right, I'm going to go Michael Vick, Bo Jackson, Steph Curry, Mike Tyson, and Reggie Bush. Is it left-handers? Greatest video game sports guys of all time. That's a good list. Oh, that's, yeah, that's a solid that list. Good. Mm. That is. You are missing. I, I'll give you Curry, but 2K19 on Tedekumbo. Nothing could stop that dude. Do you know like, who I I used to kill Evan with two K fourteen, Jimmer Fredette. Two <laughs> K uh our my our our good pal Mavs drafts, if you ask him about two K whatever the whatever the year he was on the Mavs, two K I think thirteen or fourteen OJ Mayo. Oh my god, that dude would not miss. Yeah, no, he was he was great. We had uh I used to do the uh, Jimmer on the Bulls because his form was just yeah easy, and he was like a 93 three-point shooter, so I would Jeez. just pull up all day. That was before they fixed shooting in, in 2K, too. Shooting in 2K was broken for a very long time until Steph, you know, became Steph. Yeah. 
I still, sadly, I still can't use Dirk to this day. Dirk, it took me a long time to get used to Dirk, but you just gotta, you gotta learn how to back people down. That's really, that's really all it is. And then if people leave him open on three, then they're screwed. Yeah, I, mean, I use him as like a, as Brian Anderson pretty much, but. Oh no. <laughs> Solid list. So we'll just get, I guess we'll get after we'll get right into it. I guess. Uh, now, did you guys see the Mark Cuban interview on the st- step back? Yeah, I, I don't want to shout out the wrong podcast. No, it's right. The step back podcast with Dalton and Matt, uh, yeah. not of Dallas basketball, but hosted on it. They're on the Blue Wire Network. Yes. And it was exactly what I had hoped for because they did the video podcast. And when Mark Cuban gives kind of the money quote that they're going with, you see the light die in Dalton's eyes. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you know, as, as a more cynical Mavs fan, just because I don't buy company line bullshit, it was – I have been – heckling him for like three straight hours now because yeah. it's, just, it's it's great and and it's it's such a it's such a kind of jumping off point because on the one hand what is he supposed to say on the other right. hand this is why I don't want him to say anything at all like the man just like he doesn't win when he talks other than you know to kind of be more Mark Cuban Yay! And, and, and nobody know, wants to hear what he's saying. Not anymore. Not anymore. That's just the real rub, isn't it? Nope. See, that's I couldn't agree more with like what is he like? He can't say, "Oh, we're going to trade this guy, this guy, this guy." But I felt like we're only going after superstars. Did I did not like that? I mean, I think a simple, you know, we're always looking to improve the roster. I think would have been, you know, yeah. acceptable. But then but, when he said he would rather have like the uh, continuity, that's what pissed me off. It was like you're gonna, you would rather have these same players out there instead of trying to improve. But he's not gonna lay out his, his trade plans on the podcast. No, I agree with that. But I mean, a simple hey, we're always gonna try to improve or something like that. To where I had even a little bit of faith in the front office If he said that, if he said that, we'll still think he's full of shit anyway. So, but that—that's the problem. And that it's like he's—he's <laughs> somebody said he—he's gonna—he's ha- not gonna share his trade plans. They shouldn't fucking be his trade plans. He's the owner. He's not the—he's not the captain. Like he pays the bills. He doesn't set team strategy. And if he does, then we're super fucked. <laughs> so so I there is nobody in my DMs more asking about superstar X, superstar A, superstar B than Dalton Trigg. So I I know what you mean by the his his eyes dying when Cuban said that. He's my favorite. He's he's my he's my man. I love him. He's yeah, so happy. No. Oh, Makes yeah, me, of course. Like like I I need that optimist in my life because I've broken my entire website like staff <laughs> like, like I've broken their spirits like their horses and they're just you know they do what I ask now. But it's 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 so frustrating because I I just would rather I mean it's like oh we're continuity is key so 500 basketball is that really what we're what we're aiming for I they continuity they, with this roster right it's like be getting beat by eight rebounds every game like I can hear Kenny from my house screaming <laughs> and he's right it's like what you know. 
the same it's the same dreck and and it's so frustrating because this team is really fun and the Mavericks just do a really piss poor job of setting their own expectations. Like we all should have known, like it should have been a harbinger during, uh, during preseason when Luca was like, yeah, so whoever uh, doesn't get COVID is going to look awesome. And he's, he's like right. totally right. <laughs> but to, to help with, with the, I, like, I feel like, this is this is something weird for me. For once, I like. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna regret saying this, but I agreed with Cuban. Like what he said was was right. Like honestly, this team has won 11 of its last 15 games. And they've also won 11 of their last 22 games, but that's a different story. Uh, we won 11 of our last 15 games, and Tim Hardaway has looked outstanding. He's had his best year of basketball ever. Jalen Brunson is, you know easily the second best player on this team. KP, when he looks like he wants to try on defense, hasn't been awful. He has been awful most of the year, but when he looks like he wants to try, he's been amazing. It's it's the, the top seven guys on this team are solid, just like they were last year. The, the problem is right after that seventh one is just the issue right I have with Tim Hardaway is you can look at his like recent games and it's every other game. He looks like a competent basketball player. And then the other one, he just looks like me in my rec league last year, just like throwing shit up and hoping it goes in. Yeah, but what, like, what else is, who else is going to throw it up? Do you want Wesley Windu to throw it up? Because I don't. I know Kirk doesn't. I, like, do you want, do you want Trey Burke to throw it up? Because I throw up every time I watch him play. So I, like, this, like, I, if it's not Tim Hardaway, who's it going to be? I don't want Jay Rich throwing up threes. We don't my have Seth Curry with, anymore. If you, if you give me a, an actual Hardaway. three-point shooter besides him, then sure. Wesley like, Wandu throwing up threes gets my basketball wiener soft. <laughs> I've said that plenty of times. Yeah. My issue with Hardaway isn't the, like, isn't the amount of shots he shoots. It's the quality? amount of bad quality shots he shoots. And you, that's where I get frustrated is, like, at what point does, like, Someone step in and be like, "Hey, like you're not playing the Drew League right now." Like, but at the same like, time, he makes so many. He misses more wide open shots than he misses uh, these wacky contested shots that make you go, "What the? F- oh, it went in." With yeah, their like, with their offense, without like Brunson's the only other guy I trust to dribble. So if if you're gonna have like a Lucas centric offense where he's pounding the hell out of the ball then you almost need somebody to be, like, the designated, like, trash fire to throw something up. Because think think about some of the really horrifying – like, at least when Tim shoots a really bad shot, it looks nice. Like, when Dorian Finney-Smith does something in a situation <laughs> where he's not comfortable, it is – Horrendous? Mean, it's, 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 it's flat out funny because the guy just – like he's Stanley when at the end of the shot clock, and he's just slapping <laughs> the ball, and he throws it up, and he's, then he grins, smiling. You, at the, he can't dribble. Me you don't you don't trust Dorian Finney Smith to dribble. I mean, I've been out on Dorian for a long time, and I've, I I don't know if I was either right or wrong because I had to watch him for three years in summer league get his ass kicked. So that he is somehow an NBA level starter continues to sort of blow my mind. Because it's really baffling to me that the Mavericks have elected to go with an undrafted free agent at the most talent-heavy position in the league. Like, the, the top-tier players are all small, small forwards. I mean, it's crazy to me. He's he's It's not even his fault. Like, that's something I've really had to kind of walk back on. Because just continually being an asshole to the guy who's made himself an NBA-level starter is probably not my smartest take. But it's just, it's it's really unfair that they expect him to, like, guard, like, he guards James Harden well. That's about all. 
Like the, and, and it's, it's just very confusing to me that they put him in this role over and over. And then on offense, you know, he's, his shooting is, is just a step less than it needs to be. Something like 60% of his shots are uncontested. That's a ton. That, like, yeah. that, that's actively hard to do. I mean, think about it whenever you're either playing basketball with friends or playing, um, like 2K. No one is unguarded. Like Dorian is just out there on an island and he, that he's only shooting like 34% or something. Is should actually be a mark of concern, not that, that everybody's really happy about it because he was so bad early on. But I don't, I don't you, need to be, you need to be making those shots. Did, yes. did are you the one who po- you posted it? I think it was like the graph of like uncontested shots or difficulty shots and the like percentage. It was this really weird like NBA math. So like I try to stay away to, from some of the advanced analytics talk because then I start to sound like a shitty version of Ben Affleck and the accountant, and I don't. <laughs> I don't want to like misspeak, but there's, there was that graph where it was difficulty of shot compared with like how many you make. And it was, oh, yeah, it was up like high and like he was exactly on the X line of the graphic so far out to the right where it just looks like, Oh no, what is he doing? And I, the implication was he gets tons of open looks and doesn't hit any. <laughs> Cause I saw it. Is. And I was like, I'm not sure what it's saying, but I don't think it's good. <laughs> it's it's very frustrating. I mean, that's where it's just this team. They they did all this stuff in the off season that were all basically like like, hey, look at here, look at what we did, and now none of that matters because it's the same team from last year. It's probably the same team two years ago too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Brunson being awesome has been very fun to watch. Um, that that was probably the the take that I was like wrongest about this year because I just yeah, like, I hate watching I hate watching him over dribble but like when he does stuff with like, you know a straight line at the basket or if he's asked to basically you know drive hard shoot or pass within a I don't know like within like kind of a, a five second span the man makes awesome decisions I mean he's just crushing it at the rim and all yeah. that sort of stuff so that part's been very fun to watch but. Other than that, like, if they didn't have Brunson or if Luca hadn't developed a mid-range shot, this year would be awful. Yeah, definitely. And to, to go off what you said about Brunson, I was I was in the same boat with you at the beginning of the year. I was like, well, he was amazing year one. He didn't really do anything to super impress me year two. And then he got hurt right when he was really picking it up. And then this year he's, you know, like I said in the beginning, he's our second, at the very least, he's the second most consistent player we've had. And, you know, he's floating around 50, 40, 90. What, what more could you ask for from a, a third-year guard that is in, is in and out off the bench? No, and he couldn't and shoot. He couldn't shoot his he couldn't, rookie he, year he like has this. One, he used to have one move. It was so dribble. The spin. It was the spin, get a pick at one side of the top of the key, and then hit right at the top of the free th- – right where the free throw line is on the corners. That is Jalen Brunson's area. That was like the only move he had. But now he's literally he's a he's just a beast everywhere. But it look it, like look for him to do that. Look for him to get a screen, go to the top of the free throw line, and shoot a mid range jumper. It might be off balance. It might be straight up. But that if he gets in that zone, it's going there. The issue I always had with him was his like it was his decision making at the end of games, especially last year. Yeah. He but there were also some like, games last year where he bailed us out. Like he he went he stunk the court up for three and a half quarters, and then at the very end had like fifteen points. The, like, so the game where he was like crying at the end because that 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 special needs guy that he got like to be very close with when he was either at school or since he had been professional, I don't remember. But he hit like it was right. I remember which game you're talking about where it was just he just went absolute Terminator mode. 
Yeah, and then there was a game recently. I, I honestly, I think it was a Celtics game where he had three points. It was he had three yeah, it was points. Yeah, the Celtics and then game because he, he had sixteen. I, I had a I had a guy who who knows that I I, I didn't like Brunson at the start of the year because he texts me every time Brunson does something good, <laughs> and um. It, it, that whole fourth quarter, he was a machine until he made like one bad pass where he got to dribble too long, and then Luca bailed him out with the back-to-back threes. But otherwise, he's incredible. Yeah. Oh man, I'm ready See, for that. that. The, I'm back. Yeah, I'm ready. That's for that. my, tomorrow night. The issue with this team is that it's just been like, I mean, I know we had the COVID, like the two weeks of COVID, which I mean, like I, I don't think any excuses for like injury and stuff, but man, that's a viable excuse. Yeah. You know, having five players, you know, four and a half. I count five pounds like a half a player. Uh, four and a half players gone. That's generous. Uh, that's very generous, I think. Uh, half a player making four times the amount of, uh, yeah, never mind. I'll buy my phone on that. <laughs> you, don't, you, can, you don't have to do that. I mean, the, the, the Dwight Powell stuff is a, is a beat horse. Like, it's a dead horse like you're beating. He's not going anywhere. His contract's bad, yada, yada, yada. Do you think Dwight Powell, if he went to any other team outside of Dallas, he was not like? Is there any way he's not in China with Stephon Marbury? Uh, I think Cleveland has a perfect spot for him on their eighth man, as their eighth man or ninth man. I mean, he is an upgrade from Larry Nance, so no, he's not. Larry Nance is amazing. (laughs) We'll do we'll do the trade. Larry Nance or Dwight Powell will help will help Cleveland out. The Dwight Powell comes back to kind of what we were bitching about with Cuban a few minutes ago, where it's like, who are you betting against? Who is giving Dwight Powell like ten and a half million a year? And the answer was no one, because it's like uh, who was oh, man? What it was Brandon Wright, who who got absolutely maximized within the system. Basketball is is outside of you know your top twenty players. So much of it is like schematic fit more than anything, and it's just wild to me. And it was at the time, like, I understand they really like him. I understand they're super excited about having developed him from a second rounder to somebody who can play rotation minutes in the NBA. But who was, like, going to give him $10 million? That contract sucked at the time. I argued about well, this at Brooklyn, the time. The original extension was a Brooklyn offer sheet. Like, not not this extension, not the $48 million, but the, the, the whatever it was before. It was a Brooklyn offer sheet, and we matched it. But we were tanking. We were actively trying to lose basketball games at the sure. time, so it made sense. Yeah, he's like a play, play hard tanker. And, and that's, that's kind of the challenge with this team is, is if you, if you draft – it's not even if you draft shitty, because most teams in the NBA draft shitty. Like, the, the draft is hard. But if you're going to ignore, like, both free agency – and if you're going to ignore, um, like, the draft for, you know, six, seven years, it's eventually going to catch up with you. Like, there was a point right when Dennis Smith joined the team where if you looked at the Mavericks and, like, their dead cap, they were playing, like, they are paying Gal Meckel. Do you remember Gal Meckel? Of course. They signed to a three-year deal. They had to pay him for three years. And, and the, you know, the supposed smartest guys in the room are really not that good at this. And it's not that they're awful. You know, you trade up and get Luca, and I'm really excited that they did that, but are we supposed to award them for, you know, making the obvious thing because the other two teams were stupid? Look, I think we're the stupid ones. We could have had Jaron Jackson Jr., but look, we took, you know. I appreciate this take. I like the dedication to this (laughs) take. Because I'm with you on the fact that that guy could be generational, and what he needs to do is demand a trade to the Mavericks, and then we can just, you know, be happy with all See, this is not a 
I don't want to get too off topic on, on the podcast. <laughs> there is no but topic. We're look, talking. But look, there's no has, there's no topics on my podcast. We just at, we just go. You said teams suck at drafting usually, right? Look at what Memphis has done the last three years. They drafted Jaron Jackson Jr. They drafted John Morant. They drafted Xavier Tillman. They drafted Dozen Big. They drafted Brandon Clark. They've had Dylan Brooks. They've had Grayson Allen. And all seven of those guys, all seven John of those guys. Conchar, my favorite. Okay, yeah, whatever. But all seven of those guys are better than all but two players on the maps right now. Yes. All yeah, seven of them. Just wait. Spring Dwight Powell's coming soon. Oh, yeah. Yeah, post-All-Star Dwight. <laughs> Honestly, if we could get the Dwight Powell against Minnesota Timberwolves Dwight Powell, I'm all for it. Okay, but to be fair, like, me and James were the were – the- Centers for the Minnesota Timberwolves that game, like that was you, know, <laughs> uh, you, you two and Jake Lehman, yeah, that was awful. The Jake Lehman, the Jake Lehman. I've never <laughs> seen a player get so much time that is so bad against the Mavericks. Like uh, he's, uh, I've, I've never seen a player play as bad as Jake Lehman against the Mavericks. It's beautiful. It's poetic. No, Kirk, you said something about is that like, like you know schematic fit, you know, with players. So I know where I think I know where James fits on this player, and I think you're gonna get pissed off me for bringing him up. Can I bring him up? Every God podcast? damn it! God damn it! Andre Drummond. <laughs> I mean, bring- no schematic fit. He clearly fills a need for Dallas, and me and you have argued about him before. I I'm off to pay him twenty million dollars. I won't say that, but he clearly fills a need for the Mavericks. I mean, the fact that they had all these centers, that, that Maxie is like the rare center slash big who actually guards, at this point in his career, maybe it's just because he's not feeling good, Maxie guards wings better than he guards big men. And and so the fact that, that they don't really have anyone who, and I don't even want to call it like a post stopper, because nobody really plays in the post anymore, but they don't have anyone that is is – Kind of, I mean, Bobon's like burly, I guess, but they don't have like that that bigger kind of heavier dude that that could play any, and 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 that's where I suppose I could see him fitting in something. I, I will say that if you watch the guy play, he grabs fourteen rebounds a game, right? Fourteen, fifteen rebounds a game. Of those that that he grabs on defense, at least four to five times, he dribbles up the floor himself. Rick Carlisle would execute him. <laughs> Luca would throw him into the ocean. I mean, the the guy is a remarkable number caller because, and and this gets pointed out by a lot of people, he's not played with a good guard. But he, he he's not played you know, with a good anything. But he well, had yeah. a good Blake Griffin once. There, there's, this, there's this there's this chart. There's this chart my friend Seth Parnell put out where it's it's most points under expectation for guys that are shooting shots within 10 feet. And Andre Drummond somehow has the magical ability to be the worst player at sh- at scoring within the restricted area for the volume of shots he takes by the next closest player by almost double. I'll show you the thing. It's really nerdy and it's not really worth like discussing, but the guy can't finish. And so we're, we're sitting here talking in, in large respect of, okay, well, he's going to be able to finish dunks and lobs. I, I would agree with that. If I thought that rolling as a skill wasn't fucking hard, like it, it really is because it requires timing and it requires patience and it requires a little bit of trust. Like you see it with Luca and Powell where he keeps throwing these passes that Powell just can't get to anymore. 
And then you watch, like, Willie, the ball hits him in the hands above the fucking cylinder. The moron brings it down and then passes out to somebody else because <laughs> he'd rather do something else with it. I, I think if they could convince Drummond to, like, never dribble, then it would probably be, like, because he's huge. He's strong. He knows how to play basketball. Like, the, the intangibles are there. But he simply never played a style of basketball that actually wins basketball games. And, and you could put a lot of that on his teammates. I think that's fair. And I would see. I would. I mean, playing in Detroit. I mean, he was on a team that he played with Greg Monroe and Josh Smith. <laughs> I mean, so uh, I mean, I don't think he's ever been in a position where he doesn't have to call his own number. I mean, now you can argue with Sexton. Uh, you know, he he also needs to defer more to Sexton. But I think on a team of where Luca clearly is the best player on this team, and Luca has no issues from what I've seen. Yelling at his own teammates. I think, I think, <laughs> Very Drummond, I think Drummond will quickly learn that shit's not going to fly here. Uh, I think, I personally think if you could get him for a cheap trade, you do it. Obviously, re signing him 100%, like you depend on how he fits here, obviously. Uh, you know, I, I don't think he's worth, you know, the 20 million, 25 million. Uh, I used to. I, I'm off that train. But I think if you can get it for $15 million, uh, mm-hmm. you know I mean, I think it's worth it. If, if it's obviously if it's a good fit, like let him. Like, let him I mean, I certainly think he's off. He has to be an off-season target. The Mavericks have an ungodly amount of money burning holes in their pocket, and if they don't spend it, I'm going to lose my shit. Oh, my. Kirk, I will be right on the front lines with you. We have. Like, a lot of Mavs fans don't understand that we have to spend this money and we have to it. spend it now. I don't care we who the, like, I don't care who we pay. I don't care if it's Kevin Love. Dougie, Fre- like, Dougie McDermott is going to be a Maverick again, and we're all going to be okay. happy. I don't care as long as you fill the salary books, but it's really important that we spend money because at, at the end of next season, we are going to owe Luka the biggest rookie extension in NBA history. It's going to be about $208 million, and then... I want to keep Jalen Brunson around. Y'all want to keep yep. Jalen Brunson around. That's 50% of our cap right there. <laughs> then, then you have KP taking up the other 20% or whatever. I want to keep Tim Hardaway. I want to keep Josh Richardson. That's our whole cap. So if we don't go out and get guys now while Luke is still making a buck 50 and while Jalen's still making nothing, we're not going to be able to afford to get anyone in the future. And I, I, that's been... A guy like Drummond has, it will be on that list. Like, he just will be because it's, it's a value proposition at some point where yeah. you, you look at what, what's happening and like it, they'd have to send out so much salary right now. And, and I just, that, that makes it in and of its face very frustrating because, you know, they, they get this James Johnson. I don't blame James, but it's like they have these guys. And, and, you know, it's probably a little bit of a stalemate where Cleveland thinks they could really thought they could have like turned him around for something if they showcased him. And he looked like a god for about what, a month? Two weeks, and, three weeks, yeah. Three weeks. And <laughs> they then, were the number and, one defensive rating and he was the, easily and he the best was a player. huge part of it. Like the, that series of stops against Derrick Rose was so cool. And then, you know, they bring back, they bring in Jarrett Allen, who is, Probably a less talented player, despite being absolutely incredible in his own right. Yeah, but you talk about fit. He fits every single team perfectly. So then he goes to the bench and begins basically being a lit. I don't want to call him names, but it's just like like he he basically (laughs) 
He basically pouted yeah. his way to the bench, and it's like, if I'm an NBA team looking at that, particularly with the Mavericks, who are so da- – I mean, they've made so many bad, like, character gambles where you, you, the the only one that ended up working out was, like, Delonte West, and then they didn't bring him back. I mean, Rondo was a, was a massive mistake. Uh, 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 Lamar was literally on drugs, and they they just don't have – any room for error in those things. And then they, you know, they, they have this team right now where I think there's probably like a low key power struggle, not like on its face. I'm sure these guys all get along, but Porzingis wants more and doesn't deserve it. And that just sort of like, that just is, is kind of the turd in the punch bowl where it's like, what do you do if you bring in another person who's a little bit of, uh, I don't want to call him selfish, but just very confident in his in his own being, and and like the Mavericks just have a lot of like personalities that they have to juggle. Like Tim Hardaway Jr. carries himself like a superstar, and I think the Mavericks and everybody just sort of let him believe it, like he's a wrestler with a fist. <laughs> like it, it's just like one more one more crazy person to that mix. Like Boban can only be peace and love for so. Many <laughs> so my uh, my big thing about Drummond the whole time, I I very advocated for Drummond. Kirk, you definitely know this. James, you definitely know this. I don't know how well Jose knows it because, you know, the people that want Drummond don't really talk about it that much. Just me and Kenny kind of, and Bibbs kind of just screaming into the void. But the whole reason I wanted Drummond last year was because he was on an expiring this year, which is what we needed right before we pay Luca. I wanted a Drummond trade, but I wanted it to be centered around DeLon Wright, uh, Dwight Powell, and Justin Jackson. Uh, the only way I would take Drummond this year is if you trade Dwight Powell because it's become so painfully obvious that Dwight Powell is holding us back in so many different levels now that if you could get rid of him for Drummond, then you should do it in a heartbeat just so you could have the cap relief alone. Um, my main point, though, of why like, – I haven't really talked about why like Drummond would be a fit, Drummond would be this, Drummond would be that here this year is because I would take Drummond. I would like him to be a Maverick this year. It would be cool, but – if you're asking me, would I rather see Tyrell Terry, Josh Green, and uh, uh, what's his name? Oh my gosh, Tyler Bay. Yeah. yeah. If you're if you're asking me if I'd rather see even a shred of development from those guys or Andre Drummond minutes, I'd much rather see those guys because those guys are the future. But if you can promise me Dwight Powell's contract would be gone, I would trade it for whatever cereal Kirk is going to eat, whatever bland cereal Kirk is going to eat, I would trade Dwight Powell for 10 tons of it to just get him off our books. I'm making a drink here, but I will not let you slander Special K with strawberry. (laughs) It is really good. Oh, Special K with strawberry. No, no, you said another bland. Special K with strawberry. The shredded wheat. Yeah, you said shredded wheat. Shredded wheat is top tier cereal. Well, right, Kirk right. and I, are, we're old men, so that's, like, what we eat. <laughs> I need fiber. <laughs> but, yeah, like, my, my old thing is, like, I, I'm way more pro-rookie and young guy development. Like, and, and you can – you can Kirk can get on his soapbox about Josh Green all he wants, and everyone can tell me Tyrell Terry's not an NBA player as much as they want because, like, we've never seen them play in the NBA. Well, I, would, I would much rather watch like like new failure as opposed to the same yes, old because failure. new failure learns right. Thirty three year old failure from James Johnson doesn't learn. Twenty nine year old failure from Dwight Powell does not learn. Like these guys don't learn anything. They're not. Getting but new failure learns. New failure learns, and and like you can't sit here and tell me that like 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 I said earlier. Look at what Memphis has done. You know, who, who, Xavier Tillman wouldn't scratch the surface here in Dallas. He would he'd, he would be on the Memphis oh. hustle. 
Like, it, it, it blows my mind. We, why would we put our necks out, stick our necks out, and take three rookies in one of the most balanced draft classes in the last ten years just to not play them? I mean, I, I really hope we play them in the second in the second half of the season. It, it, it would shock me if we didn't. So, not to get off topic here, but. You guys sure, surely you've seen it for like the 10,000th time on Twitter today. The yes, today. The KG versus Dirk debate has popped it's popped up again. Well, the Hoop Central that posted that tweet. Hoop yeah, Central. Must, they, uh, they, must have been time on the calendar. cycle every couple months. A different account does it. Um, I think Anthony Davis is better than both. How about that? The KG thing is so fun because he was such – the fact that his contemporaries get annoyed by him speaks a great deal about how they view him as a player. Like, defensively, KG's probably the most impactful defender I've seen in my lifetime. Um, those Minnesota teams he was on in the early 2000s were so bad, but – it. At the same time, don't disrespect I, Troy Hudson like that. Well, I mean, he was he was nuts for his for his time. But With Terrell Brandon, yeah, another another solid one. I mean, like like it, it's just so weird that that it's kind of a discussion because they're so different. You know, KG guys, yeah, like just like it's like stylistically, the only thing that really happened that's like fun for us to talk about is the fact that Dirk hung all the points on KG. Like, Dirk was not yeah. really guarding KG. Dirk was guarding, you know, uh, whatever lump of a center they threw out there. And then. Rosso? Yeah. <laughs> Rosso, and, and, and so it's, it's, it's just fun to talk about because even in the, like, when he was with the Celtics, Dirk used to cook KG. I think he sort of took that sort of, he took that shit talk, um, very, very personally. Like, Tim Duncan was on, uh, the ring, one of the Ringer podcasts with Roger Bell a couple weeks ago. And he he made a comment about how he didn't really get to know like Dirk until the All Star game when they had to like share a cab ride over, and and the 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 fan fiction I write in my head is that they just talk shit about how fucking annoying KG is, and <laughs> um, that like because he's like yeah Dirk's really funny and I just because all KG did was get in people's heads and he never really wanted to fight anybody his own size. But I mean, he was such, just such a skilled basketball player. Like, if Shaq hadn't ex- hadn't existed, he'd be probably the dominant like center, other than Duncan of the era, because they were they were centers. Like those guys, all of them. They Shaq forced them out of position because he was, you know, a behemoth. But but I just those guys were pivot men of the old school sense, and and Dirk was power forward. So I just I don't really like the debate I, I and also it just it puts me in a position to dunk on all like the sweet nice Minnesota fans that I know cuz like none of them are trash talkers they're all like very friendly and yeah they are i mean they have to be they uh, yeah when you're 8 and like 35 when you live in minnesota you have to be nice right was when you won 35 i mean that, that team is like just two like years. that team really has no excuse like to be as bad as they are i mean they have one of the Best centers in the league. He shoots nine threes a game at forty percent. Delos, you know, I get. I don't know how he's even doing. They have plenty of young talent. Ricky Rubio is back on the team, but they just they they just don't. They they have no direction, and they've never had a direction. They've never had like a, you know, they've had what uh, Ryan Saunders coaching the team for so long. They've had just they've just had nothing. Like 
the owner of Target. He wouldn't have been a coach. If his last name was anything other than Saunders, he's not a coach in the NBA. And, like, it's also, like, I get why they, you know, stuck. I get why he was the coach. But, look, like, this is the same ownership group that wouldn't even let KG buy the team. You think if you think if Dirk said Mark, I want to buy the team, he would be like, here. You think he would say no in any way? He would he would say, do you want to change the name to the Dirk Nowitzki Mavericks? Do you want to change the name to the Dirk Nowitzki Airline Center or whatever? Like like, but this is KG. This is the best player that's ever played for your team, and you're not even gonna, you know, bat an eye. He came back to your team too when he could have ring chase. Like it, it's ridiculous. They 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 have no, you know. Everyone I know on from Minnesota that loves the Wolves is very nice. I will, like just like Kirk said, but they have no direction. They have no idea what's going on in modern basketball, which really sucks because they have one of the best modern basketball bigs in the league. They should trade. They Carl should Anthony trade Towns for Dwight Powell for Kristaps Porzingis. They should. I mean, the white, white people go over big in Minnesota from, from, from my, from my <laughs> so, memory. Jake Lehman Cuban and said, Jake Lehman. <laughs> Jake Lehman. Cuban said, uh, like we wouldn't go, we wouldn't make a trade unless his first superstar. And uh, Dalton and I were talking on the, la- I think it was the last step back before that he had me on, and we talked about. He said, "Would you trade KP for Vooch?" And not only would I like do it, obviously, but like I feel like if we were to trade KP, I feel like a place like Orlando, a place where he would feel like he is the top dog, even though he may not necessarily be the most impactful player because that would be Jonathan Isaac over there. A place where he feels like he's the top dog would, would, and he gets the most touches in the game would be perfect for him. So theoretically, I think a boot for KP trade makes, makes a lot of sense, but I don't know anything. So. I mean, that's what where... are you guys' thoughts on trading Porzingis? I would only do it for young talent, a bona fide superstar, like young talent as in like two really, really young and talented players, uh, a superstar or draft compensation. If if, I, if I'm trading Christoph Porzingis, I better get one unprotected pick and one fairly unprotected pick, uh, first round pick, I mean, and then the and then young draft assets or cap relief. I I want them to get out from under the contract as quickly as possible. As soon as he looks good, boom, 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 needs to go. He's yeah. not even played a full 82 games with the Mavericks yet. Uh, he is, I think he's on 14 lower body injuries since he's been in the NBA, 14 lower body injuries that have resulted in missed time. And he, it's not his fault. But if you're constantly recovering from surgery, you can't improve upon your body. Look how excited we were when he was flexing and stuff and looking like uh, the, the villain in Rocky Four before Can last season. Yeah, he looked fantastic. But then he was carrying too much weight. He needed to lose it. You know, there's always something with him, and it's not his fault. It's his body. You know, he probably grew, yeah. like, a huge, like, a huge amount in a short period of time. And if you don't work with, like... You know, I mean, I hate to say it, but like a yoga instructor or somebody to like help you figure out your flexibility, it's just going to be a problem for the rest of your life. And it, ha- and it, he's only 25 and the man has had that many injuries. I, I, I don't think the Mavericks will part ways with him in any real shape or form, but I want them to because I think I, I it's just really concerning that, that $30 million of their cap is going to be tied down in a guy who can only perform if, if, if the, you know, if, if the, if the conditions stars are, are right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, 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 do you remember, this is, how many people listen to this podcast? I'm going to make this, I'm going to make this uh, comparison. I don't fucking care. 
So there's the second half of Boogie Nights when Dirk Diggler just can't get shit going and he yells at everybody <laughs> because he just, he needs to have sh- like he's, shit just has to be right for him to perform. And I've been, th- I've never tweeted this cause it would probably get me murdered. Um, by, by like the various, like, like Mavs media people, but he's just like that where he's like, ah, ah, things need to be perfect. And it's like, you know what? You're not even the best player on the team. Like, <laughs> you know, like, like Luca is, is that there's that gift of that, that dude carrying the horse on his shoulders. Like that's Luca. And then the rest of the team Absolutely. is mad. It's, it's very frustrating that Luca has to do this because we, everyone is, is maybe unfounded, but like concerned that Luca's just going to get ground down by the time the playoffs start. And that sucks. Because he's the best player. He shouldn't have to carry the load. The second play, best player is supposed to carry the load. So I would love to see them get him right. And if he looks good for 15 games, then you move on. Because it's an 82-game season, and he needs to be able to help out more often than he has. So yeah, KP can't so get up. That's what you're saying. Not often enough. I mean, there are those really, like the, the Indiana game where uh, Sabonis was the only big man was awesome. But since then, like, I don't care that he performed against the Wolves. Like, oh, great. He performed against the worst team in the league, missing all their players. You know, I I get into it with some of the bigger Mavs media personalities because I don't, you know, I'm tired of having my leg peed on and told that it's raining. Like, KP has to be good for more than three games in a row, and he needs to try on defense. Like, that's the real problem is he's, he's talking about how he's a step slow, I've, you guys watched those two Atlanta games, right, where he got his ass cooked both times? Of course. Like, those things are real. And he he's like, oh, yeah, I, I can't leave Clint Capella from 15 feet. Like, what are you doing? Guard guard the guy who's good. Go go, go look at John Collins' stat lines outside of the Mavericks games. I'm not sure. The yeah, Mavericks. it's piss poor. It is bad. I mean, it's good. It's fine. It's just not. I mean, it's it's bad. It's bad when you see. Oh my god, thirty-four points. Oh my god, fifteen rebounds. Oh my god, forty points. Oh my god, you know, twelve rebounds. And then the rest of it is just a solid, you know, eighteen and six. Whatever he's averaging. And then that's what I I saw some posts today. They're like, get ready for post All Star break, Porzingis, and they posted his like stats from last year post All Star break. And I'm like, at this point, I'm tired of waiting. I well, like him. I, I get why he gets pissed off sometimes. Like, I'll give him that, though. Because like, post-All-Star post break, sorry to cut you off, but post-All-Star break, Porzingis was player of the week, last, like right before the shutdown last year. If yeah, we can get the Porzingis that was semi in the bubble and the Porzingis from last February to last till the shutdown, well, you know, we'll be fine. But I'm not Porzingis is not a like, I'm not expecting 26 and 12 from him. Like, I mean, even though I feel like he should be capable of that, like, if if he wasn't always hurt. But, I mean, if he can give us 23 and, like, 9 on, like, just, you mean, like, give me 37% from deep, I'd be happy. I don't think I we're mean, ever going to get that consist- consistently. But I also think part of it, for me at least, is uh, I don't like him shooting 10 threes a game or whatever the fuck he shoots now. I think it's like like, I, I need I him to shoot more threes. Like, I like – because I saw, I think it was someone on Mavis Moneyball posted it. Uh, the guy who was uh, going at it with uh, Tim, uh, I don't know his name, I can't pronounce it, but he posted like the top ten like points per possession post ups of the top like ten highest usage players, and Porzingis is like tied for three post ups like points per possession. 
but he's like a tenth in usage. I don't mind him posting up these smaller guys because uh, he's able to take advantage of it. But this whole shooting, like using him as a, as a seven foot three Jason Capono, I just don't like. <laughs> what a reference! See, I actually think he should be. I think he. I think he needs to shoot more. The problem is, like, you can put up 23 and 9, that's fine. But if you're putting up 23 and 9 and not playing defense and not getting, not sit, not being in a good situation, like, if, you, if, if you're forcing yourself to put up 23 and 9 and the team's losing and nothing's really gelling well, but you're putting up 23 and 9, you're helping Kristaps Porzingis. You're not helping the Mavs win. I'd much rather him shoot 18, I'd get 18, 19 points and, and, and us win and, you know, him play less if, if that's well, what it takes to win. Oh, no, no I, I, I don't care. I mean, as long as we win, I'm happy. But, like, with yeah, Przingis, yeah. like, the expectation, the expectation from Przingis, I see people, like, with the post all-star, 24 and, like, 12, whatever he was. Like, I don't think that's realistic for him. For him. If he can give you 22, 23. But, like, the thing with the street corner shooting is, and I'm not sure, like, I think people are confused what the Mavericks are trading for because, like, I don't know how many games, like, how many Knicks games Mavericks fans watched, but, like, before Perkins was traded. Like, he was never, like, this elite, you mean, like, three – I mean, he was, a, he was a pretty good three-point shooter, but he was no, never – like, I mean, for a 7-3 like, like big, yeah. He was, he was yeah. good enough. But, yeah, yeah, but like it's like people expecting him to like I think, like, they come like oh we got like a seven three Clay Thompson, he's not gonna be a, <laughs> shooting that like that efficient from deep. He's a no. he's gonna be thirty six thirty seven percent from deep and uh, shooting nine threes a game. I'm just I I just don't like like that. Well, I, I just want him to find better shots. It's not really yeah, it doesn't really matter where they are. I think that some of the shots that he takes are like purposely difficult. But so to so, so, let me at least throw one line line out there. When when Porzingis hits a deep three, you see the defense lose their fucking minds, and, and things become easier when Porzingis hits a three. Just kind of one. It was uh, he didn't play in the Thunder game. What was the game before Thunder? Um, Orlando. Orlando, where they, they broke Orlando's back in the second half when Porzingis came out and hit two threes. And, and it's, it's that sort of thing that he, he ostensibly brings to the table, but I don't know. I, I just, I have such a hard time with him because I was, I was in almost like following, I think it was like the Rockets game where they just got destroyed, where he had sat and came back and looked like crap. Like I went on my podcast, like, like wine drunk and yelling for the Mavericks to trade him. <laughs> and since then I've been, I've just been getting like people yelling at me on this, but it's, it's just so frustrating because talking about the second best player this much while the 21 year old, like megastar, I mean, I guess maybe he's 22 now, uh, is, is doing all these things. I mean, I would like Porzingis to see, see, make, make the game easier for himself. You guys notice how the, how, how the guy refuses to dribble right as a right handed player. That shit kills me. He takes a weak left-handed dribble into a pull-up almost every time, and what's worse is the defense has it scouted. He had this awesome post move on on um, James Harden in the Nets game where he spun baseline at the rim. It wasn't like a fade. It was like he felt James pushing on his lower body and used his leverage for once uh, against Harden, who is a really good post defender, and spun baseline and then went and jammed it home. And I remember like shrieking because he never does that crap. 
it's like he's a robot who's pre-programmed to do like Carmelo Anthony horse shit, and then he 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 makes one, and so it justifies the next five. He's a really talented basketball player that seems to like to make the game more difficult for himself. I don't understand it. I 100% agree, and. The, honestly, the biggest knock on Kristaps, like he's got a lot of problems off offensively, and, that, and that's one thing. But at least, and, and last year he was in a sense worse. But at least last year you could see him trying his heart out on defense. I know the guy can't read a pick and roll. I know the guy cannot switch. Like he's never been able to do that. He never will be able to do that. But like the effort, and, and he improved on it when he came back from the the back spasm thing, uh, at least a little bit, you know, in that little small sample size. But the effort of him, he just lets people buy him. And, like, Maxi Kleba can only do so much to those guards. Dorian Finney-Smith can only do so much to those guards. Like, if if the guard gets by, if a fast big gets by, they're more than likely going to jam it home because there's nothing Kristaps can do. It's it's like he – it's not it's not even really an effort thing. I don't really know what it is. It's like he, he was there and he was good at it his whole career, but then all of a sudden this year he just decided to stop doing it. I don't know if it's because he wants out or if he's just literally like, trying so hard to protect his knees. I, I don't know what it is. Well, maybe he'll get it together a little bit in the second half of the year. I, I think that's got to be the, the goal and where if we're like reading Cuban's comments from the first part of the podcast that we talked about generously, it's the continuity of the fact that the Mavericks didn't have a lot and they want to see what they, what they can do given an opportunity against a weaker schedule. I mean, a, a couple of, they basically play a top five easiest schedule in theory, though I don't understand how that works when they come out of the gate and play Portland twice and the Clippers twice in their first like six games. That sucks. I'll, I'll tell you why. I was about to bring that up. I'll tell you why. It's be, look, go look at our schedule in May and, and, hell yeah. Laugh. We're going to beat <laughs> the think, Cavs like 300 points. Year, I think our last game of the year is against Minnesota, if I'm not mistaken. So, I mean, we get to see the Jake Lehman show again. Yeah, that's oh, yeah. the, Jake, the Jake Lehman show. Ah, it's going to be a great time. I mean, so we have, a, I think, the last 13 games. I think there's two teams who are realistic playoff teams, and somehow Dallas will go, like, eight and, like, you know, five. Which, hey, there's ten playoff teams this year, so, I mean, that may be all we need to do. Yeah, they'll, they'll go eight. They'll, I, we have to avoid the play-in game. I mean, their goal has to be six seed at this point, and they're within realm. They're within the range. There's no reason they can't do it. Six seed or bust. Yeah. I think the fifth seed is still possible, but I want at least the six seed. And I, we uh, talked to uh, uh, on our last episode about who you would want to avoid out of the top four teams, or who would you rather play against out of Phoenix, Utah, and the LA teams? Like, who would you, I, I, I would, I would want to play Phoenix out of all of them. Really? You want to, you want to play Chris Paul in a seven game? They have, they have worn the Mavericks like a hat for like seven years. It's, it's shocking when you look at the record. They've beaten the Mavericks. I don't think the Mavericks have won a season series in six years. Yeah, it's it's not good. Um, I guess out of those four teams, honestly, it would be the Clippers. But I mean, even then, like that would be that's a that's a tough task. They're better than they were last year by by a long shot, and they beat us last year in six. See, that's my. I just out of all those teams, I think the most winnable would be either Phoenix or Utah. I think I think those are. I mean, I don't think we have a chance of beating either of those teams. Uh, Utah. Yeah. 
Utah's their best player doesn't even shoot threes, and they're still like the best offense in the league and the best second best defense in the league. So I don't I don't think we stand a chance against them specifically. Uh, but uh, I, I guess L.A. without Anthony Davis would be the best chance. But yeah. I don't want to play LeBron in the postseason. No, no, it's true. Try to be the first team to beat him in the first round. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that's. Yeah, that sounds like something uh, we can do because, you know, Rick is such a genius. It's it's at least more interesting than, than like, dying the slow death of, of Chris Paul in, in, in clutch time, I guess. Uh, Utah, just, they the way they carved Dallas up without Donovan Mitchell scares me. Um I can see kind of an argument for, for any, of the, any of them being at least interesting because – I wouldn't want to play Luca and KP in a seven-game series either, particularly if they kind of have nothing to lose. Um, ah, man, I, I see where you're coming from, though, from saying Phoenix, because I just they, – they strike me as the rawest outside of, of Chris Paul. But, man, they, they just – they really beat the crap out of Dallas. It's dry, it, it, I, I remember just about every Phoenix game because I remember thinking they have a chance, only for them to not have a chance. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like with Phoenix, you have Porzingis. If he if he's like he was in the bubble last year, I like him with Aiton. Uh, you know, I Luca. I mean, I I I trust Luca against any defender besides like Ben Simmons at this point. Uh, but I mean, I, I feel like out of those four teams, I'm not saying we beat any of them. But if we're going to pull off the upset, I think it'd be against Phoenix, because you know, like if it's a, if it's tied two two, Chris Paul is pulling his hamstring game five. So just for us to not guard Devin Booker, <laughs> yeah, for uh, for Zingas to decide to not you know step out on him. On that note. I'll just I'm gonna wrap this up with like one question that's kinda like not basketball related, just to have a little fun. We did a lot of basketball talk though. We have. So I'm gonna ask this question I saw on Twitter like yesterday. It was it was a tweet from at Call Me Huey. He asked, Fellas, what's the first purchase you you're making if you if you got married to Jeff Bezos' ex wife? So if you married Mackenzie Scott What'll be your first purchase? Oh, I know this. I know this, this. Is a, this, this is a safe space. No, the, the first uh, purchase yeah. I would realistically make would have to be one of these absolutely bananas, like 120-inch televisions that are, are like $85,000. Like, I, I, this is, since I've been home for like a year and I don't do anything, everything on my life is like television related and, and it's either, you know, video games or whatever. And so like the highest possible best refresh rate, but also the largest possible screen, like that really appeals to me if I was to fall into a pile of money. <laughs> but you have access all- to Mackenzie Scott's money though. You can buy whatever you want. But if, 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 like, it doesn't matter. Certain, Whatever Kurt can play Sea of Thieves the best on, he's gonna do it. Just, yeah, God. 
<laughs> I, that that'd be like my my impulse buy though because like I like the simplest things make me happy because like I really just want to kind of eat Chipotle sit on my ass watch basketball and then occasionally play video games and get yelled at by Grant like that's it's not a it's not a high bar I, other than that I I might pay for like a personal teacher so that I don't have to teach my four year old but that's that's really you know that's boring that's not a fun purchase what about you Grant um. I you marry because you marry because he's Scott right now. What'd you buy? I would buy Texas Motor Speedway, and I would fucking Ooh. fix it because they ruined it about ten years ago with the repave. Basically, it was this really fast racetrack, um, and it was asphalt. They turned it into concrete, so it made it way slower. That's what I would do. Are you or Jose? Dogecoin. All right, Jose, you're a single man, and you somehow came up and. Met Mackenzie Scott Bezos. So I'm, I'm, I'll be newly single, which means I don't have child support. So first, I'll uh, do a lump sum child support payment. <laughs> <laughs> Get that out the way, uh, and then I, probably no, this I mean, is hypothetically, you're they won't have no kid. You're just a single man. You're, this is a hypothetical question. Okay, okay. So, so so child so child support is not a, not an issue then. Okay. Hypothetically, so, you're a single man. You're, and this is never going to happen. So it's hypothetically, okay. Yeah. okay hypothetically, because I know you're married. So hypothetically, uh, hypothetically, I would probably. I mean, I would have to have to buy a sports team. I mean, you took my sure. answer, but I mean, I would have. I mean, like, obviously, I mean, maybe like an expansion team. I got an expansion team going on. Whichever one of you buys the Mavs, can you give me a job and, and give me some? Let me let me let me talk to Donnie every day. Let me be Donnie's assistant. We'll we'll, we'll get we'll get some ships in here quicker than later. I'll buy the Mavs. You be GM. I don't I don't want to take Donnie's job because Donnie's one of the best out there. But I okay, I'll, you I'll be, be Donnie's right hand. How about that? You be his. We'll <laughs> groom you to be his, his replacement. What if right, yeah, I have it? Perfect. I have it. What if you serve as the go-between between Donnie and the new owner, so that the new owner doesn't always feel like it's it's his toy to play with? Because one thing I've learned in my in my professional life is that occasionally the person in charge needs to be told shut the fuck up in the most respectful way possible. Uh, and that what because if they I want. buy a team. I'm gonna to want to play with it, so probably yeah. It's it's yeah. hard not to. It's hard not to. I was part of what made me like a massive Mavs fan was I'm from Capel when Cuban bought went to that Dairy Queen after the refs fiasco. I thought that was great. I was like 13 and thought it was the coolest. I didn't even know what a PR stunt. I was like, this guy means what he's talking about, and I was so hook line <laughs> sinker. I was like, yes, I love this weird guy with the big hair. <sighs> I, I think my first move as Dallas Mavericks owner was make sure that Kirk uh, replaces uh, Skin Wade on the commentary. Oh God, <laughs> that'd be bad. Oh wait, I would I would pay so much money to have Kirk on the commentary, but every Mavs fan in the world would hate. Would I mean, hate all him. three of them, all three of them have blocked me, which yeah. is, is particularly. I mean, Skin and I, like, we kind of agreed to, to, to stop talking so that we didn't say anything too nasty to one another over the internet. But uh, the other two have definitely told me to go to hell. Okay, if I owned a team, I would have Kirk run the social media accounts. 
Oh man, I like that. Even though I, I like what they've done, I like what they've done lately. Yeah, have- Dallas Mavs Twitter account has stepped it up. They got a lot of shit a couple of years ago when I was first on there, and, and rightfully so. But they they're definitely better now. They they have because they're they're embracing the weirdness of it, which is half yes. the battle. And and I'm you know the Mavericks have just such a weird rich legacy of strangeness that you that you got to go into it. You know the some of the players that have been on the team, like I, I need more. You know, I need more recognition of how weird the team has been over the years, and and I'm I'm hopeful that 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 they just continue because, like, what do you guys? I know that you guys probably want to go, but what do you guys think of the green? I I mean I I we could wear fucking burnt orange and like daffodil yellow. I don't care what the fucking jersey looks like. I'm just well. I need Luca to never wear yellow like he did at the All Star game ever again. Oh yeah, because he looked like an overripe banana, and it was <laughs> uh, like like my wife was like, "Does he have a belly?" And I was like, "Is he wearing the Carmelo like Under Armour like 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 battle gear?" Because he just had like the pudge back. I don't know. I I I just I happen to like the weird throwbacks to the '80s because the Mavericks in the '80s were kind of incredible because they were they were one of the primary beneficiaries of Cleveland always trading first round picks. <laughs> so like they were very like kind of a fun team. I just, like I love the way the green looks in the court. I love kind of the like the the, the strange throwback aspects. Like the the Mavericks just need to do to just need to to stop trying to be cool and just kind of be dorky. And I I think that would really go a long way to 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 engendering just some sort of what do you want to call it? Just some 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 uh, authenticity because sometimes they try to do stuff to be cool, like the like the like the the jerseys from last year, the uh, the Fresh Prince of Bel Air jerseys, whatever they were. I love those. I Did love you those. like them? I I love those. Those were god awful. But also, I I, the worst jerseys I've ever seen. But also, I love them because everybody hates them. See, and that's oh, well, cool. See, that's <laughs> if you have. Well, to I still explain, love them though. If you have to explain the backstory behind something. At that point, you've lost the thread. Like, marketing is about showing, not telling. And and the Mavericks just can't help that. And that's where the green, like, I desperately wanted Luca to have a, a mustache this year, like Brad Davis. Like, <laughs> something really stupid. And a mullet? Yes! Oh, God! I mean, Luca's haircuts are, like, a whole other thing. Because, like, every time he shaves or gets a haircut, he looks 13 again. It's great. It's great content. I've seen so many, like, edits of Luca with long hair. And he looks like one of the Bee Gees. I think he looks like a guy that goes to an SEC football school that wants to get punched in the stands. Like, like Florida, he wears jorts. <laughs> He's drinking natty, just shotgunning natties. Oh, yeah. His Great. Jorts is like, sleeping shirts. Great. God, they're so fun to, like, randomly talk about. They're such a goofy team. I enjoy, I enjoy talking about this team. I, I enjoy like having the, you guys on. I like the uh, green. Sorry to cut you off again. Um, I like the green, but... Anything, anything to get us away from those god awful jerseys from last year and the uh, the other two jerseys before that, the Dennis Smith jerseys and the I guess Luca rookie year jerseys. Those were embarrassing. Like I just, they weren't I look, cool at all. I look great in green, so more green. Uh, I, I look good in red, so let's get some more red out there, Mark. Just no I, yellow. No, Mark Hughes been listening. Just no yellow. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for having us on. I'm. You're welcome. I'd love to have you guys on again sometime. Yeah, for sure. Can I, uh, everyone knows who Kirk is. Could I get a little plug in uh, here real quick? What so you can plug your avatar. You can plug whatever you want, Grant. You can plug so, whatever you want. So, 
uh, I have a podcast called Go Fast, Turn Left. It's about NASCAR. You can look it up on Spotify. You just type in Go Fast, Turn Left, and uh, that's it. That's, that's all a it is. good name. 